Welcome everybody to the Troy First Assembly of God podcast. We created this podcast to share our weekly messages from the Word of God, and we're so glad that you're here. When Joseph asked us, first of all, to, to, uh, about doing this, he gave everybody the opportunity to um, say, what story did you want to get? And uh, this was the one that came to me. Um, I, it, 2 Kings 6 is where this story is found, and it, it's a very interesting story. Um, the king of Aram, and that is just for those of you that may or may not have a feel for where this is, that's modern-day Syria. Um, you have Israel that's right along the Mediterranean, and then over and up is the river they refer to it as Mesopotamia, that's Syria. And they were kind of a neighboring area, and they were very aggressive um, at this point, and they're at war with Israel. They're at war with everybody because they want to own everything, everything. And they've been at war a long time. So the king of Aram, at this point in time, um, he's decided that he's going to have some strategy, and he's going to go attack them. And um, what he does is he calls his, his military leaders together, his, his real close associates, and calls them together, and he's worked out a, a, a strategy, but every time he does that, the prophet Elisha sends word to the king of Israel and says, this place over here, that past, don't go that way. That's where they're hiding out. They're going to capture you there. And so don't be there. And the Bible says that time and again, Elisha warned his own king until the king of Aram got really mad. And he called his guys in. And he called a big meeting and he said, okay, which one of you guys is telling the king of Israel all things? He just knew there was a spy. Just knew there was a spy in there. And, the, and, they, and so finally, they just looked at him and they said, none of us, but what we're telling you is, they've got this prophet over there in Israel named Elisha, and he's telling everything you say, even down to what you're saying in your bedroom. He's telling that to the king of Israel. So at that point, um, the king of Aaron decided, well, you go get me that. You go find him, and you bring him back here. I'm going to deal with that. I'm, I'm getting rid of it at this point in time, because I'm going to take over. So at this point in time, the king of Aram sends a bunch of horses and chariots, and this, this huge army has surrounded the place at night. So let's pick up the story there. And I've got it, I'm actually gonna read this piece of it, so I don't miss anything, because these two pieces of it, this, this next piece is where, where we're going. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. There wasn't anybody there. The night before. All of a sudden, there's this entire thing and they're laying siege to the, to the, to the city of Dothan at this point. Oh my, oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant said. He's talking to Elisha. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes for us so that he can see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills. Full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. As the enemy came down toward them, Elisha then prayed again and said, Strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness, as Elisha had said. Elisha told them, This is the army of the king of Aram. He goes out to them and he says, This is not the road, but this is not the city. It's kind of like the Jedi, you know. This is not the road, and this is not the city. Follow me. 
and I will lead you to the man you're looking for. And he led them to Samaria. After they entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they can see. Then the Lord opened their eyes and they looked and there they were inside Samaria, which is where the king of Israel was. Okay? So when the king of Israel saw them, he said, Elisha, shall I kill him, my father? Shall I kill him? Because they're now surrounded by the Israelites at this point. Don't kill him, he said. Would you kill those you have captured with your own sword or bow? Set food and water before them so they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them, and after they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them away, and they returned to their master. So the bands from Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. So my first thought about this is being able to see is so important. As somebody who has had severe myopia and astigmatism all my life, um, and lately cataracts required surgery, I can tell you that being able to see well is literally eye-opening. Um, I got my first glasses in the fifth grade, and when I put them on, I was stunned to see that you could see the leaves on the trees, and you could see pine needles. I knew if I got up close to them and looked at them right here, I could see them, but I didn't know you could see them out there. Didn't have a TV at home, so nobody noticed I couldn't see until I got in the fifth grade, and they put me on the back row. And I've never got anything that was, no test on the back row was ever done about my gas on everything. That's what's really good, and I couldn't see at this point in time. Astigmatism has taught me to have real bad depth perception, Joseph can tell you, that um, it got in January, the first time that we played washers in um, cornhole, I actually hit some carpets. Wasn't that amazing? So at this point in time, um, I. You know, cataracts cause a film over everything. You could, you know, I could just kind of not see it. And I have had two operations to give me better vision and saw God provide a healing touch, and my eyesight is much improved. What I learned through my life brings us to our first point. If you can't see clearly, number one, you need help. You need help to see. In my case, I received improved vision through medical intervention. Was God a part of this help? Absolutely. Back in the 90s, I had radiocaritonomy surgery, and I had incredible results. This Just this year, like some of you, I had my lenses replaced because of cataracts. It was like taking a heavy thing off my vision, and all of a sudden, I could see blue tones. All of a sudden, you could, I could see the color print was just amazing in the middle. So, anybody else know what I'm talking about? Anybody who's had cataract surgery can tell you what, the, what that's like. All of a sudden, you can see it. Um, so I'm so grateful to the Lord because now I'm seeing, I am seeing so much better. We see in this story two sets of people that need help through adjusted vision. Elisha and his servant and what the Bible calls this huge army of the king of Aram. Elisha and his servant were God's people and the Aramean army was their enemy. But both of his servant and the Aramean army needed help. Just like Elisha and his servant, we have an enemy. Elisha's servant needed to see that those who were with him were more than those who were with the enemy. When the enemy surrounded the city, the army of the Lord had surrounded the enemy army, even to the point of also surrounding Elijah, uh, Elisha. Psalm 34.3 tells us, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Now, um, we can't make God bigger, can we? But the truth of the matter is, if you put a penny in front of your eye and you've only got that one eye to see out of, if you look at the sun, that penny will blot out the sun. 
And so when we magnify the Lord, we take our vision and we see, we move everything else out of the way and we lift God up. And as we lift him up, we begin to see clearly how big he is and how much bigger than our problem he is. When you focus on the problem, it can become the largest thing in your life. But when you focus on God, he reminds you that whatever it is, he can take care of it. He Amen. Can take care of it. Amen. So, Isaiah 59, 19 tells us that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will lift up a standard against him. We can trust the Lord in times that we are overwhelmed, that he is between us and the enemy. The lesson we get from, God, from, the, from Elisha's servant at this point is that he didn't know that there were all of these angels and all of these horses and chariots and that they were all going to take care of whatever came up. He had no idea. But when his eyes were open, he didn't worry about it anymore. That's right. In the case of the army, the enemy army, they needed to be blinded so that they weren't harmed by the army of the Lord. The army of the Lord could have taken them out. They were perfectly capable, and they couldn't have fought against it. For one thing, they couldn't see him. Elisha could see him, and the servant could see him, but the army couldn't see him. This time, he asked the Lord to strike these people with blindness so they couldn't see him and identify who was speaking to him. And Elisha, Elisha led them about 12 miles to the center of the city of, of Samaria, right into the presence of the king of Israel. He then prayed again that their eyes would be opened. Can you imagine what a shock that must have been to have gone this distance and have been following along in the dark, not being able to see anything, and having somebody lead them, and all they could do was follow the noise of the people in front of them and did not have any idea, and all of a sudden, here they're looking for Elisha, they think that that's who they're, they they're going to see, and instead they're in the king's palace with, the, with his army surrounding them. So at this point in time, Elisha had led them about 12 miles. So think about that. Most people could run about five miles an hour at least. So we're thinking maybe two, three, maybe four hours to take them down to the 12 miles. You know, at this point in time, it's a long time. And if you can't see anything and you're groping around in the dark, it must have felt like forever. And at this point in time, now here they are. They're in the midst of this situation. The end result of this confrontation by the enemy was that nobody was harmed. Normally when war happens, somebody dies. And when people come to fight, bad things happen. But in this situation, when we got to the end of it, they got, they got a really wonderful meal, and they got something to drink, and they got to go back home with nobody dead. No dead whatsoever. Because they had been blinded. Because they couldn't see. The result of that the, this, this tournament for the soldiers. They went home, and then they were able to talk about what God showed them about who he was. The mercy was shown instead of the injury that they had planned for Elisha and Israel, and Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. Psalm 40, 14 is one of the several prayers David cried out to God when confronted by his enemies. May all who want to take my life be put to shame and confusion. May all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. Our answer when forces come against us needs to be to cry out to the Lord. His Amen. name is the strong tower that the righteous may run into and be glad. Amen. This brings us to the second thing we need to understand about this story. You need to see accurately. 
Just seeing is not enough. You need to be able to see accurately. Um, I don't know how many of you guys, when you were younger, maybe some of you still do this, but how many of you saw uh, the Boogeyman and bears and lions in your closet because the door was open and it was in the dark? <laughs> I don't know any child anywhere when, we first, oh, when our daughter first came to live with us, she would have night terrors. And so um, she would start hollering our name, and I'd go in and say, is there anything to be afraid of? No, no, no. Has there ever been anything in there? No, but I'm scared. And I'd say, okay, so we're shutting that door at this point in time. Because you couldn't see accurately. It was dim. We see in the story two examples of changed vision. Elisha's servant, who needed his eyes opened, and Aramean's special forces army, who needed to not be able to see at all. In both of these situations, Elisha prayed for a change of vision. In the case of Elisha's servant, we don't get this man's name. He's just called Elisha's servant. He may or may not have been around for all of Elisha's previous miracles. Maybe he didn't have the history of God taking care of Elisha and those with him. He'd never seen all the other things that had happened and that where God had just moved through Elisha. The army came in the night, so they didn't even know they were surrounded until they got Elisha's servant came to him terrified. Well, what are we going to do? Well, what he needed to see was what Elisha saw when he watched his mentor, Elijah, taking up into heaven. The hills full of horses and chariots of fire, the army of the Lord all around Elisha. Now, I don't know if Elisha had always seen the army of the Lord ever since he saw them come to get Elijah, but he certainly could see them when he prayed for his servant. He saw already. It wasn't a, I'm just checking this out. When he asked for that prayer, he had full confidence because he could see it. He knew what was going on. He understood it. When we look into the Word of God, which is God's, it is, is His given thing to us, it's the perfect law of liberty, and we are able to get the encouragement that Elisha gave his servant. 1 John 4, 4 says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who's in you is greater than the one who's in the world. So it doesn't matter. We do have a real enemy. And he is trying everything in his power to get us distracted, right. to get us afraid. And we've not been given a spirit of fear. God gave us a spirit of love and power and a sound mind. Where we can think it through. When we take a look at something, we can go, it's not the bear in the cross. We know it's not the We understand because what God has put in our heart at that point in time. In the case of the Aramean Special Forces Army, now this is a different piece of this. Um, you know, when I first looked at this story, I was thinking about the servant. And as I read this story and studied it, this one, this piece of the, of the vision is what really caught me. Because this is it. They didn't really know who they were dealing with. They had God say worship all the time that didn't do things for them. They didn't have a God that did miracles. I mean, they might assign things to him, but they certainly didn't have a God that would all of a sudden when you pray make everybody be blind and somebody else see something else. They didn't have a God like that. And so at this point in time, they didn't have any idea. When they went looking for Elisha, they didn't have any idea that they were coming for the servant of the living God. You'd have thought they might have had a clue since they told their own king that this man of God could see and hear all their planning meetings. But they still underestimated Elisha. They needed to be confused and at the mercy of Elisha. So he could lead them into the presence of the king of Israel. What a thing to need. To need to be blind. 
That sounds like that was something God would never do, is, is make you be blind, and it would be good for you. But in this situation, it saved every one of their lives. Because otherwise, if they had fought, there would have been people would have died at this point. Elisha led the Aramean soldiers, horses and chariots, about 12 miles from Dothan to, to Samaria, right into the king of Israel's court. They must have been really disoriented during the trip, as it would have taken them a while to get there. However, the restoration of their sight would have shown them the power of the Lord and his care of his people. Imagine what the king of Aram thought when he found out what had happened. Can you imagine going back and telling him? You would have believed it. We were all blind, and then when he took us over there, and they did this, that, and the other, and you know, they didn't kill us. They didn't kill us. Like you would have told us to kill everybody there. They didn't do that to us. But at this point, this is what happened. Sometimes when our focus is surrounded by the world around us, it's helpful to be in a place where distractions are darkened so that we are able to hear the one right voice leading to the right place. That's good. Psalm 5.8 tells us, Lead me, Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your path straight for me. Psalm 27.11 tells us, Teach me your way, Lord, and lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. We need to be able to shut out the distractions so the Lord can teach us his way and guide us in a straight path where he wants us to go. So what do we need to do to see clearly? God's word. When Jesus gave the disciples the parable of sowing and reaping, he told them that the secret of the kingdom of God had been given to them. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. When we accept Jesus and we belong to him, the Holy Spirit will help us understand the word of God so we're able to truly see and understand, to hear and understand. But like the Aramean army, we are blind to the understanding without the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need to belong to the kingdom right. of God so we can see. So what do we need to do? First of all, we need to get help. We needed help in the first half of this, but we, what we need to do is get help. Psalm 121, 1-2 says, I lift up my, my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. At this point in time, whatever you need, he made all of it. And he can make it again if it doesn't exist right now. He can just simply take care of it for you. Elisha's servant was able to see that the help was already there. I didn't have to give help. The help was there, but he couldn't see it would happen. When we reach out to the Lord and look to him, we're able to see our help. It comes from the Lord, the creator of all. When we magnify the Lord and exalt his name in worship, we see that he's bigger than any problem. That's right. And when we call upon the name of the Lord, we are saved. Like the Arabian army, sometimes we need to be led by the Lord without distractions to get us where we actually need to go to get out of trouble. So what is the second piece of this? We get help first, and second, we get the right focus. Elisha knew what his servant needed because he himself had learned that the way forward was to keep his eyes on the right thing. In 2 Kings 2, 10 through 12, we find that Elijah told Elisha that only God could give him a double portion of the spirit on Elijah. But it would only happen if Elisha, if Elisha saw, when, saw him when he was taken up to heaven. 
And the very next thing that happens in the story, he and Elijah are walking down the road together, and all of a sudden, from nowhere, horses and chariots of fire come between them and separate the two of them. And in the midst of that chaos, a whirlwind, which is a tornado, began to come, and Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind. Now, if it was me, and there were horses and chariots of fire, my eye would have been on them. Because I've been really nervous about them burning. I've been really nervous about what in the world is that coming. It's the first time anything like that has been seen by, by, by Elisha. And yet at the same time, he had gotten the message, you have to watch him until you see him go at this point. Now he didn't know whether or not God was just going to take him and move him somewhere else. He didn't know if he was going to go this way or that way. And he had no idea that God was going to take him up without him dying. He just knew he was taking him. And so for that, for him to do that in the midst of a tornado, have y'all ever seen a tornado? We don't see inside of it, do we? We see everything else, and we see barns and, and you know, and some really big ones. They can move, they can move, tractor trailer truck. You know, I mean, I, it's a big major deal. But do you see that swirling around? No. You see that big thing like this. So imagine what it would have been like for Elisha to have to keep his eyes focused and not let go. Just don't even blink. And he did see it. We know that because he did receive the double portion. And he ended up with the mantle that Elijah had been having. So at this point in time, Elijah is carried up to heaven in a whirlwind. I, it, I can't even imagine what a destruction that would be. But Elisha kept his eyes on Elijah and see him taken. So Elisha does receive the double portion as we see in the next chapters of 2 Kings. If you count them, Elisha has double the miracles in his life. That are, that, that are recorded in Elijah's. So he gets, and some of them are, are, are duplicate miracles. They both raised, raised somebody from the dead. They both had all these other things happen. They both, you know, had all of these different things occur. And in the midst of that, Elisha had everything taken care of. Isaiah 26, 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusted in you. When our focus is on the Lord, we have the peace that allows us to let go of our fear in the midst of conflict and tough times in the midst of dark times when we're unable to see our way. Remember what Psalm 121, 3-4 says. He's not going to let your foot slip. He who watches over you, he doesn't sleep, he doesn't slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. We can rest in the knowledge that he knows our path and will not let anything harm us. I have seen the Lord a couple of times in my life. Uh, we had a place where I didn't know what to do next. And it felt like it was in the dark. And there was just in the middle of fog and I didn't know what to do. And in the middle of that time, when I turned to the Lord and said, I have no idea what's going next. The Lord, in time, the reason I couldn't see it is he already had taken care of it. Just like in this situation, he'd already taken care of it. He knew everything that was going on in the situation where the army was trying to catch Elisha. He knew everything about what was going on for that army. And he had already taken care of it. When the dark times come, the thing to do is remind ourselves that no matter whatever else is going on, he has a slumber sleep. And the Bible says that even the darkness is light around the Lord. None of it catches him by surprise. 
So I just wanted to, uh, I'm, I'm through really early, aren't y'all impressed? But I want to just pray for us. I want to pray for us about both of these situations. Because in this situation, at this time, there's probably some folks in here that need to see what the Lord's doing. And you just can't. You need to see his hand at work. And there are some of us that it's dark outside. And maybe we don't even know everything the Lord's doing. Sometimes it's not good for us to know everything because we think we know what to do and we start acting. And the Lord's timing is what makes it work. So I, I want to just have a prayer for us and then we'll be dismissed at this point in time. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you, Lord, that you know what's best for us at all times. And I just ask, Lord, for those, those individuals, Lord, in this room that need to see the hand of the Lord, need to see it. They're in a dangerous situation. They're in a scary time. And they need to know what the Lord's going to do next. And we know, Lord God Almighty, that we may not see your actions, yes. but we need to see that arm that you have for us. Yes. So I'm asking, Lord, as they dig into your word and as they talk to you, Lord God, that you would open up their understanding, the eyes of their understanding, so they would be enlightened and be able to see all of the things, the power you have, and the glorious inheritance you have for those that love you and are called to you, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that you do work all things together for our good. And I ask now, Lord God Almighty, for those of us that things are kind of scary and they don't really know kind of what to do next, and they're in a, a dark time in their life, Lord God, that you would give them that peace and that confidence. They very carefully followed Elisha, and he got them where they needed to go. So we ask, Lord God Almighty, that you would give them that ability to just wait on you, to keep their minds stayed on you, to keep their to keep their eyes up and toward heaven, and look up that, look up to the mountains, look up to the places that are high in their life where they can see you at work. We ask for all of those things in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Troy First Assembly of God. We would love for you to join us on a Sunday morning if you're in the area. Our address is 432 South Lincoln Drive in Troy, Missouri. Otherwise, you can connect with us on Facebook. The link for our Facebook page can be found below.